Ready for the word? Psalm 116. Let's stand together as we read the word of God. The psalmist wrote, verse 12, What can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? What can I offer him? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. Amen? Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. There are analogies to our salvation in both Old Covenant and New Covenant alike. Both reference this relationship to God using a little bit different symbolism. In this passage, the author, the psalmist, used a cup. In John's gospel, we find the subject of our salvation referenced as a well. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. In the Old Covenant, we have a cup of salvation. In the New Covenant, we have a well of salvation. And we're given this this particular option, just a cup or the inexhaustible supply of the well. And there's a difference between Old Testament and Old Covenant salvation and New Covenant salvation. In the Old Covenant, the blessings of God, salvation, what he offered was referred to as the cup of salvation. God served his salvation by the cup. David said it like this, my cup runs over. So it says in my passage, I will drink from the cup of salvation. There was just enough salvation through the blood of an innocent animal. And one day per year, the high priest would make atonement for the sins of the people. Their sins were not wiped away, but rolled over to the future the next year. And you could drink from that cup. It was just enough to protect you from judgment. Salvation by the cupful. In the new covenant, Jesus promised a well of living water not walking through life with a mere cup, looking for a refill. You have access to the well of salvation. And when the Samaritan woman, she kept her divine appointment with Jesus at the well, it says, then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. And just then his disciples came back. They'd been out eating an In-N-Out burger, and they were shocked to find him talking to a woman But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everybody, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. The woman left her jar and took off with a well of salvation springing up in her heart. You can walk out of here with more than just a fix for your sins, you can leave here with a never-ending well of salvation. Jesus said, this is what I've come to offer you. The old covenant cup of salvation was one of drudgery, working, laboring, striving to somehow just squeeze out enough to quench a tremendous insatiable thirst. It was never adequate, no matter how much, how many cups you consumed, You were never satisfied. When Jesus met the woman of Samaria, he said, 
please give me a drink. And she replied, why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? Under the law, salvation took a lot of effort and a lot of hard work and preparation. You could achieve salvation, or at least for semblance of forgiveness, through the labor and the work that you did in bringing your sacrifices. To quench a physical or a spiritual thirst, work was involved. A bucket at a time, a cup at a time. But Jesus said, I'm offering you living water, a well of living water. In the old covenant, there was the cup of salvation. In the new covenant, you have access to the well of salvation. Now watch. New covenant trials are referred to by the cup. Jesus so changed the paradigm at the cross. Now what we face is a cup of trials. That's why in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, let this cup pass from me. It was a bitter cup of trials, for sure. New covenant trials are referred to by the cupful. Oh, my Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. The trials of life will come. They come by the cupful. However, Jesus offers to us blessings. And the reference, it's a well full of blessings. Life will bring you a cup full of trials. But Jesus said, I offer you a full well, a well full of blessings. So are you able to drink from this cup full of trials? Understand, there's more than a cup full of blessings awaiting when you've come through the trial. And if you'll not quit, not fail, not fall, if you'll not grow weary, if you'll bear up when you face your cup of trials, you'll be able to deal with them because of the well full of blessings. We need to get rid of our cup mentality. We get the perspective of cup mentality from the well of our old nature. It's called stinking thinking. In our perspective, we have a well of trials, but just a little cup full of blessings. Jesus reversed that entire process. He said, change your perspective to mine. You have a cup of trials compared to the well of blessings that I've given to you. So no matter what you're going through, if you will look at your life, yes, you have a cup of trials, but you have a well full of blessings. The enemy will skew your thinking and perspective so that you think that these trials are coming at you by the well full and the blessings of God are trickling to you in a cup full. That is not the new covenant experience. Our new covenant experience is this. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into the wonderful light. Our trials as Jesus' followers, they are real. They are difficult. They create suffering. But our light affliction, which is but for a moment, 
is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Paul said, and remember what he had to endure, the beatings, the suffering, the stoning, the whippings, the starvation, the the, the times of shipwreck, the betrayals. Listen, all that he endured, he said, this is a light affliction, a cupful, not worthy to be compared to the blessing God has stored up for those who love and honor him. So you might be in the middle of a trial or a test and even suffering, but in those, we get to know Jesus. We really get to know Jesus. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. The good news, though your cup is full of trials and troubles, your well is full of God's blessings. And God will not leave you with a cup of trouble. Listen, your story ends with a well of blessing. I thank God we have the opportunity in our time now. As we get ready for some change and direction in our nation, I think it's time that we get to clean out our wells. Some people never enjoy their walk with Jesus because their wells are clogged up. They're clogged up with distractions, with the cares of this life, with worry and anxiety and becoming more conformed to the cultural trends that become rubbish in the well. Father Abraham dug wells for his herds, his crops, and God blessed him more than any around him. In the next generation, his son Isaac attempted to drink from the wells of his father. But the Philistines plugged up those wells with their dirt and their filth and their trash. Well, Calvary, we need to remember there is a well each of us possesses. And if we're not alert, the culture will plug up our wells with the cares of this life, with carnality and sinful practice and dirt and filth, music laced with vulgarity, all kinds of negative reports and debating going on among the people, and our wells get clogged with junk. And listen, on this fast, it's time for us to unplug and unclog our wells. When you take this cultural stuff in through your ear and eye gates, these will plug up your well. You're going to have to do what Isaac did. Now, the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. What we have to do is clear the filth and the garbage out of the well. We've got to clean out what's clogging and plugging it. And if you allow it, listen, this culture will oppress you. The well of living water that produces peace and joy 
will drop down to a mere trickle because the, the, the piping, everything that should be a clear passage has been plugged and you'll begin to focus on your cup of trials and forget you've got a well of blessings and goodness and mercy that follow you all the days of your life because this is the worst world we'll ever have to experience. All the trials we experience are in this life. When we get to heaven, the trials are over. There's the wells of blessings, streets of gold, gates of pearl, no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more pain. But in the meantime, there are blessings here on earth, even in the middle of our trials. But he gives more grace. My grace is all that you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Clean out your well. My parents dug deep spiritual wells for us. We were privileged from a young age to drink water from those wells. As a child, I was introduced early to the presence of the Holy Spirit. Hardly a Sunday had gone by since my birth. Poor mom put me in the arms of the pastor and said, he belongs to the Lord. I've been privileged with the spiritual lineage that was handed to me. And some, and same for my wife, exposed early as a child to the presence of the Holy Spirit. Some in Isaac's day probably asked, why are we redigging the wells of your father? <clears throat> why not dig a new well? I'm sure Isaac had some things to say. You don't understand. God blessed those wells. God provided those wells. God was the source of those wells. And because... My father and his herds and, and his servants and everyone that worked with him, all of those were blessed by those wells. You should taste that water. The water in that well is so good. It's so refined and so blessed. There is no new water that can compare with this. And in our world today, we're trying to find all kinds of means by which we can substitute something for the presence of the wells of living water, the Holy Spirit. And so in many places today, we have substituted atmosphere for presence. You see, humanly, we can create atmosphere. We can create a comfortable environment with comfortable seats and lights that we can change, dim, color palettes, and create a very pleasant atmosphere and use every technology and every instrument known to all of us to make beautiful music and professionally done. We can create atmosphere. And so some have substituted atmosphere for presence. There is no substitute for presence. No matter how great your atmosphere is, there is no substitute for presence. And let me encourage you, we need to redig the wells our fathers dug and taste what they tasted, because those wells are, are changeless. 
They come and spring out of the one who says, I change not. They spring forth from the one who said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. We taste that water once again. We've allowed our wells handed to us to become at times contaminated by worldliness, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. We're so consumed with this present world, we're not enjoying the living water that cleanses us and refreshes our lives. What our spiritual fathers dug for us are wells of water that are unchangeable, fully sufficient for anything we face today. We need not look for new wells. They will never satisfy. There is no substitute for the presence of the Holy Spirit. So clean out the wells. Clean out your mind. Clean out your spirit. Unstop the wells so life-giving water can spring up once again. When I received the fullness of the Holy Spirit, I'll never forget that night. People were praying for one another at the altar. And all generations were present, from the youngest to the eldest. And young and old alike were seeking a drink of fresh water from the wells of God's provision. And we were all thirsty for him, no matter what our chronological age. Entering a spiritual dimension that the worldwide church is now embracing all over the world. It's not a new well. It's the same life-giving water. And that's why I'm astounded when I read this. I shared it on a Sunday night. Southern Baptists now changed their policy on speaking in tongues. Whoa. Whoa. After decades and decades, the Southern Baptist Convention will admit missionary candidates who speak in tongues. It's practice associated with Pentecostal and charismatic churches because in so many parts of the world, the charismatic experiences are the norm. It's only here we argue about this, okay? Religious groups that oppose these experiences get left behind evangelistically. In other words, their ability to share the gospel and grow and develop and mature people, followers of Jesus, is just lagging far behind. So the Southern Baptists have changed a little of their doctrine it's not okay for you, but it's great for their missionaries to speak in tongues. <laughs> kind of interesting. But nonetheless, they're, they're figuring out there's a well we need to go drink from. There's a well that we haven't tapped, and we need to get into this. Listen, some of the women in my church were up in age, and, and there were a few around the altars at the times that would pray for the ladies, and, and, and they were kind of the old Pentecostal saints really cut their hair or ever trimmed their hair and they would pile it as high as the Tower of Babel. It was like, get under the influence of the Holy Spirit and pins would start flying out. Donna was telling me some of them would get so jazzed up, praying in the Spirit, pins would fly everywhere, hair pins going, hair flying and all kinds. So that tower came down. It was amazing. So, but I didn't know all the theology. Okay. But I got a taste of the water from the well. And you all can laugh and think that's irrelevant for today, but watch this. This well will give life to your marriage. It will give life to the generations and lineage of your family. This well will keep your family in 2017. This well will bless your home. This well will bless your life. There's nothing in this world that can offer you that compares to living water. I may have a cup of trials. I have a well of blessings. There's been so much carnality that has entered into the body of Christ. There are frustrations and burdens and distractions and all kinds of things that are clogging up the well and preventing the water from flowing. Clean it out. 
get back to knowing Jesus early in the new year. You get to choose this. You can either walk out of here with a limited cup of blessing, just a sip to take you through the rest of the day, or you can leave that cup here and walk out with the well. Amen? Some in our churches were once filled with living water. They used to gush up. Jesus referred to this well as an artesian spring that would just rock it up out of the innermost being and break through the surface. They would bust out through the dirt and the rocks and flow up into the sky, an artesian well springing up within us. Now some in the church are so dry, we have to pump the, the, prime the pump to barely get their spigot to spit. When you get fleshed out, cleaned out, sanctified, fall back in love with Jesus and your brothers and sisters and truly love one another, you'll leave here full of living water. Amen. Because there are no dry services, just dry saints. Because no matter what service I'm in, no matter what environment I'm in, even if I'm in a very stoic environment, which I have to be in from time to time, and other things that I do in ministry, I don't worry about it one iota because all I have to do is just lean in and the presence of the Holy Spirit is right there. There are no dry services. I can begin to recount and rehearse a chorus or hum quietly a chorus of worship in my heart and the well begins to spring and bubble. It's not like you walk in today and it's going to be dry. No, no, dry saints. Tell your neighbor, if you dare... He's talking to you. The woman at the well in Samaria had a thirst. Nothing she tried satisfied it. You got to remember, Jesus began his ministry with hunger for 40 days. Jesus ended his ministry with thirst as he hung on the cross. And he said, I thirst. Jesus left it all on the field. He hungered, he thirsted, and therefore Jesus could say with conviction, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Do you still hunger after God? Men and women in pursuit of the Lord, knowing you, Jesus, and as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. God hungry men and women, find him. Blessed are the hungry and the thirsty. They shall be filled. Fasting and praying will cultivate a fresh hunger and thirst for God. You want more of him and less of the junk that needs to come out of the well. Now watch this. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Perhaps we're so filled with the intoxicating things of the world that living water is blocked from springing up, clogged up, needing to be cleaned out because the well was there, just needed to be cleaned out. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. In other words, you're in love with Jesus again. In a very small, tiny community, one stoplight place, everyone knew the town drunk. 
Some of you stopped by church one Sunday morning and got gloriously born again. Because the same Jesus that can turn water into wine can turn wine back into water. Amen? Born again. Changed on a Sunday morning. Next day, he decided to go back downtown. He walked by the old bar, and he heard the same familiar music, heard the voices of his friends, and smelled the alcohol that had controlled his life for decades. Next door to the bar was a restaurant, a little diner with a sign hanging outside, all the buttermilk you can drink, 25 cents. So he gathered himself and walked by that bar, wound his way into the diner, moseyed on up to the counter, slammed down his quarter, and he said, give me a glass of buttermilk. They poured him a glass of buttermilk. He gulped it down, slammed the glass back down and said, hit it again. They filled it up. He drank a second glass, a third glass, a fourth glass, five glasses of buttermilk. Whoa. Then he got up, walked outside, looked at the bar and said, now try to tempt me, devil. I don't want what you've got. I'm full of buttermilk. (laughs) When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, there is little room for temptation. That stuff does not compare when you're full of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said his living water would spring up in us. And God's language is always up. That's why the word says, stir up your gift. Stand up, caught up, look up, because God's language is always up. And as Jesus is preparing for the last supper, for the first communion, for the time he's going to be with his disciples at Passover, before he suffers and gives up his life, he commands his disciples, go into the city And a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. Wherever he goes in, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, Where is the guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared. There, make ready for us. And they did what Jesus said. It's kind of a good thing to do every now and then, by the way. Yeah. And they followed the man because he would lead them to water and to the upper room. We are supposed to be pitcher bearers. We are called to be those so when a thirsty world looks at us, if they want water, they'll follow us. They discover the thirst that can't be quenched anywhere else. If they follow us, their thirst gets quenched because we know where the water is. The Feast of Tabernacles, it would last for seven days. At the end of the feast, the high priest would leave the temple and he would head over to the pool of Siloam. He would carry with him a golden vessel from the temple. And there at the pool of Siloam, he would read from the book of Isaiah as he dipped it into the pool and gathered up a container of water. And then he would carry it all the way back to the temple. And when he stood back in the temple with the full cup vessel of water, he would read from Isaiah, he who is thirsty, let him come and drink freely. On this last day of the feast, Jesus is present. And as that scripture was being read aloud by the high priest, the man from Galilee with a very loud thunderous voice 
on the last day, the great day of the feast, he stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. That's an amazing convergence of moments in biblical history. The old covenant experience was a cupful. It always left them thirsty. One priest with one cup reaching into the pool of Siloam, drawing out some water, signifying the Feast of Tabernacles is over, done. Now Jesus says, if any man thirsts, let him come to me. Out of his belly will flow rivers, not a cup, not one river, rivers. Calvary Christian Center, we can have rivers of living water, multiple rivers of water flowing through every area of our lives, bringing strength and renewal, touching every aspect of how we live, the Holy Spirit flowing through us. Amen? Like the 10-year-old boy experiencing the fullness of the Holy Spirit for the first time. And his response was, I've got a tiger in my tank. (laughs) There's a difference between walking up to a pastor and shaking his hand and getting a tiger in your tank. What our generation needs is more than a handshake and more than joining a church. We need a tiger in our tanks. The Holy Spirit, out of his belly, will flow rivers of living water. Some people need a new inner spring. All my springs, the psalmist wrote, are in you. Because the only experience that ever brought dissatisfaction among the angelic hosts in heaven is recorded in 1 Peter 1. The Holy Spirit sent from heaven. He's referencing the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit sent from heaven things which angels desire to look into. What an interesting passage. The angels of heaven saw something happening to the human race, particularly to the followers of Jesus in the upper room and said, we desire to look into this. When the Holy Spirit was poured on the church, the angel said, we'd like some of that. We're not to walk around with a cup, barely making it depressed, not focused on Jesus. We're supposed to be a well of living water, full of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. The cup experience is ended. The well is flowing. Clean out the junk on the fast. Get rid of stuff, habits, things you look at, things you read that you know are not helping you. With this water, you will never thirst again. You see, one sin always calls for another sin. Because sin is always thirsty. One drink calls for another drink. One drug calls for another drug. That's why for the life of me, I cannot figure out why in the world we just voted to legalize a drug to make it easy for people to get brain damaged. (laughs) 
One affair calls for another affair. Sin is unsatisfied. But he who drinks this water will never thirst. So leave your cup today. Take home the well. All over the world, the Holy Spirit is moving in the body of Christ. There's an amazing move of God happening. 30,000 a day on the continent of Africa are coming to Christ. 30,000 a day. Among, I, just, I was just watching the testimony this last week of a Muslim terrorist who served ISIS. It's a killer. A hater. If he saw that cross behind us and he had the means by which to hurt us, he would. But Jesus appeared to him and asked him, persecuting me. And this Muslim terrorist, ISIS warrior, fell on his knees and said, I gave my life to Christ. I repented of my sins. All over the world, wells of salvation. Some came to church on Sunday to just get your cup filled. I'm here to tap the wells of salvation. Do not settle for the cup. Be like the woman of Samaria. Leave the jar and the cup behind and take the well home with you. Because when she left, she was satisfied. So whoever thirsts, and that's all of us, let them come to me. Let them come. Take action. Take steps. And where do I go? Well, there's a psychologist will help me or substitute drug to get me off of this drug will help me. Or I can talk to a counselor. I can dry out somewhere in a rehab center. Listen to me. Let him come to me. Let him come to me. I have water for you. Once you drink it, There's a satisfaction and a joy that nothing in this world can ever supply you. It's called the river of living water. So here's what I'd like us to do. Would you do this with me? Would you stand, lift your hands, and for 10 seconds, thank Jesus for rivers of living water. Can you do that? For 10 seconds, thank Jesus for rivers of living water. Thank you, Lord.